In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Great Lent, um, during which we celebrate uh, the triumph of Orthodoxy. Tonight we'll have a special service, and our sister Orthodox churches in this area will join us. Uh, celebrating the ultimate triumph over the heresy of uh, iconoclasm. Um, In a broader sense, this day also speaks to us of the victory over, of the true faith over heresy. Um, And that is always a a fundamental reference point for us as Christians is to make sure that what we believe uh, and, and how we live squares with what the church has always taught. So we come to today's gospel, and uh, Nathaniel makes this famous statement, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> uh, the Jews expected the Messiah to come and uh, <clears throat> reveal himself in glory uh, among the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. Um, Galilee had a bad reputation for the Jews, and Nazareth within Galilee was a small village. Some say not more than two to 400 people. Uh, This is a small village that's never one time mentioned in the Old Testament. So nobody envisioned this being the place where the Messiah would be uh, revealed. Uh, uh, There's another truth in Nathaniel's question that is worth exploring here. Uh, The Jews expected the Messiah to come and establish an earthly kingdom. Their, set, their hopes were set in some kind of worldly accomplishment. They did not have a vision of the kingdom of God. What they had was this flawed expectation that the Messiah would uh, give them victory over all of their enemies and establish a kingdom on earth. Uh, <clears throat> and With this kind of expectation, you can see then when the Messiah purportedly comes out of this little town, this little village uh, of Bethlehem, of of Nazareth, rather. Uh, They're indignant over that. How could this possibly be? Uh, The... uh, they simply believed that the Messiah could not come from such a place. And when you think about it, this is exactly how God has always worked. He's always worked uh, in ways that are contrary to the, the values and uh, the things that are in, considered important uh, in this world. He, he could have been born in a palace, but he was born in a manger. Uh, could have been born in the, the you know, the most uh, important city in Galilee. 
we look at, listen to St. Paul's words uh, on this particular this particular issue. If I can get my paper to co- cooperate here. Uh, <clears throat> he writes in First Corinthians one twenty six to twenty seven, brothers and sisters. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So we see here uh, that God's plan is unfolding in a way that was not expected. Uh, And we see also this strong hint that the kingdom of God, that the true true Messiah would establish, is not of this world. So when Nathaniel issued his skeptical comment, Philip suggested that he come and see. Come and see. Come and see what? Nathaniel, being an upright man, went to see if his friend was speaking the truth. And when Nathanael encountered our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord said, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael immediately sensed that the Lord Jesus was indeed the Messiah and he believed in him. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. That confession, a confession which you and I are called to make, not once, not twice, but always in the way we live. The Lord then said, Most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This refers to the ancient prophecy of Jacob in Genesis, uh, the latter uh, connecting heaven and earth, and that latter being none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God who also becomes the Son of Man. He became one of us so that He might die on the cross for our sins. And His sacrifice, His perfect once-for-all sacrifice, would make it possible for you and I to be healed, which is what salvation is about, the healing of the soul. Not getting in and out of God's courtroom, not in a a legal uh, predicament, not... Uh, dealing with a God who is so angry with us He wants to destroy us. But to the contrary, dealing with a God who loves us, who made us in His own image, who wants nothing but glorious things for you and for me, uh, not just today, but forever. And the simple truth is, we don't know how long we have. Last night I took leave from the services, God forgive me, to go to a a brief uh, dinner reunion of my junior college football team <laughs> up in the Delta. And I uh, had a wonderful time seeing uh, some guys that I played ball with, uh, some, some of which I started playing ball with when I was in elementary school uh, and played with all the way through junior college. So 
So I come home, have just warm memories, great conversations. Got home late last night. Uh, this morning I get up and uh, look at my phone, and one of our classmates died last night in his sleep. <coughs> totally no, no symptoms of any kind, just gone. We don't know how long we have. I don't say that to, to terrorize you, but the fear of God does bring a certain uh, sense of uh, sober, being sober-minded about what this life is all about. <clears throat> um, this term expressed not only Christ's humility, but it also uh, his exalted state of humanity. He shows us what it means to be truly human. And that is what he wants to do in us, in this work that is in you. That is why we have fasting uh, in the Orthodox Church. We are in this season of great Lent. It is a time of preparation, a time of repenting from our sins, of being honest about what's inside of us, uh, putting that out into the light of Christ and saying, I reject that. I choose to live in Christ myself and to become that person that he wants me to be. So my friends, as we continue to Pascha, our journey to Pascha, let us not see the, the fast as some terrible thing. That, as I've said before, let us see this as an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity, to make changes in our life, to draw closer to God, to come to know Him more intimately, to turn away from the captivity of our sins, of our passions, anger, lust, envy, greed, all these nasty things that hold us back, that keep us from being what he wants us to be. Uh, to, so that we may join ourselves to this glorious Messiah who has become one of us for our salvation. May we too seek to be a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. We have a distinct responsibility as members of Christ's body, the church, to keep the home fires burning. This is not just about our welfare. It's about God's work in us and what that does for others as well. That home fire is the fire that is in our hearts. Keeping that aflame with love for God and for our fellow man. So that when others come to seek the Messiah and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, they will see Him in us. Our spiritual labors are not just about us. We become servants of the Master. May we exercise in our lives the same faithfulness that we see in today's epistle, which, is, which was lived out in the most humble of circumstances by our forefathers in the faith, even before Christ had come. God calls us to this way of life and will bring blessings to us, blessing upon blessing, if we are obedient to his call. May we be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.